0: The following broadcast is released under a Creative Commons license. I believe in Jesus Christ. I trust in part one of this episode we began our study of types and shadows with the story of isaac and his bride-to-be rebecca previously we had seen abraham the type of god the father send his servant the type of the holy spirit to seek a bride i.e rebecca who is the type of the church for his son isaac who is the type of jesus the servant was placed under an oath to go to Abraham's kinsmen rather than the Canaanite people, who are the type of those who rebel against God. Eleazar, who is Abraham's servant, embarks on his mission with camels and other riches belonging to Abraham's house as gifts for the bride. Eleazar meets the bride, Rebecca, who is coming to a well to fill jars and provision for her thirst. In part two of this episode, we continue our study of the story of Isaac's bride where we left off with Eleazar and Rebecca at the well. Upon meeting Rebecca, Eleazar asked Rebecca for a drink of water from her jar. In essence, Rebecca is being asked if she is willing to use her efforts, strength, and resources, which were being used exclusively for herself up to this point, and instead to freely give them to God's use rebecca shows her willingness by offering Eleazar a drink from the jar which she had just filled in addition rebecca shows her receptiveness to god's holy spirit by feeding the ten camels water from the well rebecca's mindset and actions demonstrate the state of the heart and the spirit consistent with those sheep who god is actively seeking through his spirit as his bride it tells us, at least in part, that the would-be bride must be willing to empty their vessel of the water of this world. We must be willing to pour this water out and place our efforts and energy into use and subservience to God's purposes. Rebecca not only did all of this, but she did so hastily and with a sense of joy. Rebecca went beyond the specific request given to provide Eliezer a drink and gave the camels drink as well. Next we come to verse 22 where it says, quote, And it came to pass, as the camels had done drinking, that the man took a golden earring of half a shekel weight and two bracelets for her hands of ten shekels weight of gold." Unquote. First, I believe it is important to understand that the above gifts are given as tokens of the customary dowry given by the bridegroom to the prospective bride. In researching the gifts, the text above identifying earring more broadly refers to any part of the head according to the original language. As a result, the word defined as earring could also be a nose ring, Or jewelry in the forehead such as a frontlet. In addition, Eleazar provides Rebecca two bracelets of gold weighing 10 shekels. I propose that in terms of understanding the type in this story, it is critical to remember that the gifts were tokens to initiate and consummate a marriage between Rebecca and Isaac. In this case, neither the earrings nor the bracelets came from Rebecca, because it was the responsibility of the bridegroom to pay the dowry to the bride as a token of his love and future provision. In substance, the above gifts demonstrate the type of justification and sanctification. Insofar as the earring is concerned, it is interesting to note that according to Exodus chapter 30 verses 11 through 16, the half shekel was the required amount due according to the mosaic law as a tribute offering which was paid as a ransom of the soul one half of a shekel would have been equal to ten geras thus in substance the first installment gift of the proposed marriage between the bridegroom isaac i.e. jesus and the bride i.e. rebecca is a free gift initiated, facilitated, and sealed by the Holy Spirit, i.e. Eleazar. In the New Covenant economy, no man has the ability to provide ransom for their soul, but Christ's sacrificial ransom payment fully and completely pays the debt for sin, which is death, and heals the breach of separation between God and man. Once the bride accepts the free gift from the bridegroom, A relationship has been initiated, but neither Abraham, i.e. God, Isaac, i.e. Jesus, nor Eleazar, i.e. the Holy Spirit, are content to simply justify us and leave us to our own devices. God created man to be his image bearer. Because of sin, we are separated from God and none of us can hope to live our daily lives without the effects of sin, which is in our nature. As part of the relationship, God provides His Holy Spirit to dwell within the believer. The Holy Spirit works to conform the believer day by day into the image and likeness of Jesus. It is woefully obvious that according to Romans chapter 3 verse 23 and other passages that none of us have the capability to be righteous or to conform ourselves into the image of God. While we may know the law, knowing the law only serves to illuminate more criteria in which we fall short of God's glory. The conclusion is that without Christ we are unable to keep the laws of God, which are His covenant. Despite our innate inability to keep God's covenant, it is nevertheless God's desire by His power to do the impossible and design a way whereby we can in fact be conformed back into His image. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 33 and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 both confirm the fact this way. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 16 says, quote, This is the covenant that I will make them after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. Unquote. Jeremiah chapter 31 verse 33 says, quote, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts, and write it in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people." As a reminder, the Ten Commandments were written on two tables of stone, each of which had five of the Ten Laws. The first five of the Ten Commandments deal with man's relationship with God. The second five of the ten deal with man's relationship with his fellow man. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 8 presents a possible interesting correlation to our story and to our type. In Deuteronomy, Moses was relating the commandments and statutes to the children of Israel. Moses admonished God's people in verse eight, saying, quote, And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes. Unquote. As a result of this teaching and the ideas that are behind them, the Jewish people instituted such customs as the Tefillin. Tefillin are special boxes and straps placed on one's head and arm. Tefillin are sometimes referred to as phloctries. The word phylactery comes from the Greek word phloctirion, which means a safeguard. The custom of the tefillin is referred to by Jewish custom as the mitzvah commandment. Mitzvah relates at its root to the word, quote, unquote, to bind. Rabbinic teachings say that every mitzvah is an act of love that binds us to God. The tefillin is a method within the mitzvah in which Jewish believers literally bind themselves to the will of God. The tefillin represent an absolute dedication and union with the Almighty. The tefillin are two boxes which represent the two ways that Jews serve God in this world. One is placed on the head and represents placing all thoughts into subjection to God. The second tefillin placed on the arm represents action or devoting strength to God. The arm tefillin is placed at the level opposite of the heart to remind the wearer that the heart and the actions must be in agreement to the will of God. When the substance of our type is complete, we see the type of the Holy Spirit who goes abroad at the request of God the Father, to seek, to draw, and to carry a proposal on the part of the bridegroom, i.e. Jesus, to his bride, i.e. the church, the believer. The Holy Spirit finds us all seeking to fill our thirst and to fill the emptiness caused by sin and separation. As the bride makes the choice to empty her vessel, God's Holy Spirit upon repentance and conversion justifies us and fills us with the living water of the living God by His indwelling Spirit. As God's Spirit dwells and abides in the believer, His power and grace continue to conform our hearts and minds into His image. His power and love give our arms strength. They redeem the thoughts of our minds as we clothe ourselves with His righteousness and glory. Thus, we see in this story how the bracelet worth ten geras, which Rebecca would place on her arm, is the type of the substance. The substance is where the believer steps out in faith and accepts the free gift from the Holy Spirit sent by God the Father. The gift is a symbol, one among many, which is a token meant to initiate and maintain a relationship between the groom, Jesus, and the bride, Rebecca, the type of the church. The bracelet worth ten geras demonstrates how that once the relationship is accepted and begun, God, who is the giver, empowers us through His Holy Spirit to conform our lives into the fullness and likeness of the image of His Son, Jesus, who on our behalf imputes righteousness which is the keeping of all ten commandments, verses 23 through 51 detail the activities after the initial encounter between Eleazar, i.e., the Holy Spirit, and Rebecca, i.e., the church, the bride, or the believer. Like every believer, Rebecca in verse 28 runs. To tell those of her household of the things which have transpired. Upon arrival, Rebecca's brother sees the gifts bestowed to her by Eleazar. This is consistent with the desire in every believer's heart to share the gospel of the good news and to obey the great commission. Rebecca, like every true believer, is not left to their own devices. Rebecca bears the evidence of the gifts given, which everyone sees and knows are the tokens of a marriage proposal, a relationship with the bridegroom, which has just begun. Rebecca is accompanied by Eleazar, the Holy Spirit, who is singularly focused on telling Rebecca's family and friends of the bridegroom's proposal, as well as the events surrounding the well. Next, we have verse 53, where it says, And the servant brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment and gave them to Rebekah. He gave also to her brother and to her mother precious things. This verse shows God's pouring out gifts of gold, of silver, and clothing through his Holy Spirit. Surely the gold and the silver are indicative of the gifts of the Holy Spirit bestowed upon the believer at their new birth according to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verses 8 through 10. That is wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy, discerning of spirits, Tongues and interpretation of tongues are gifts which God gives the believer to equip them as he sees fit to serve the body of the church and to do his work on earth and to glorify God. The clothing is likely a type of the armour detailed in Ephesians chapter six verses ten through eighteen, i e the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, and prayer are the clothing provided by the grace of God which protect the believer from the elements of spiritual battle in this world. Next, we have verse 55, where it says, And her brother and her mother said, Let the damsel abide with us a few days, at least ten, after that, she shall go. Unquote. This verse is that type of the church age, a period of time known only to God the Father, which must come to completion, which is the number 10. During this time, the bride is seen preparing herself with her family to leave her temporary home to meet the bridegroom in the promised land, i.e., heaven. More specifically, This verse demonstrates the truth that having entered into the covenant of marriage, Rebecca, the church, is fully willing, excited, and eager to separate herself from the world of her old life, from her friends and her family, unto the promise of a new and better life with the bridegroom. Notice again the use of the number 10, which as before indicates completion and divine order. Thus the bride will not be joined to the bridegroom until the body of his church, the bride, is fully assembled and their number is complete according to his reckoning. Following this, we have verse 62, which says, quote, quote, And Isaac came from the way of the well, Lahat Roy, for he dwelt in the south country, unquote. Between verse 55 to 62, Rebekah, the bride, leaves home and here in verse 62 meets Isaac for the first time. As Isaac meets Rebekah, he is seen coming from the way of the well, Lahoroy. The Hebrew word for Lahoroi, Bir lacharoy, literally means, quote, well of the living one, seeing me, unquote. One can scarcely picture a better symbol for God the Father, who is the all-seeing living God and who is the source of life like the well. Isaac is the type of Jesus who is the living water which proceeds from the well and who is the well from which the water flows. At this juncture, the journey and routine Rebecca had of repeatedly coming, going, filling, emptying, refilling, drinking, and thirsting again from the well at Nahor was over. The vanity and emptiness of this ritual was now to be replaced by the living water which had already begun to flow from her growing relationship with the living one, Jesus. In verse 63 we see, And Isaac went out to meditate in the field at eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and saw, and behold, the camels were coming, In this verse, Isaac, the type of Jesus, is depicted going out to meditate. The Hebrew word meditate is also translated as speak, converse, or perhaps pray. In this case, Isaac is conducting this activity in the field, which is the type of his creation, the world. Significantly for the chronology of our story type, Isaac's activity in the field happens at quote unquote, eventide. The Hebrew word translated eventide is specifically that time between sunset and deep twilight. Not coincidentally, this period of eventide was later revealed in the Old Testament book of Exodus to be the period during which the Paschal Lamb was slain. Later still, Jesus' crucifixion, which took place during the same time period, formed the substance for this type. It is during this eventide that Isaac, the type of Jesus, who is coming from the well of the living one seeing me, lifts up his eyes and sees the camels which accompany his bride, Rebekah. At this point we have verse 64, which says, quote, and Rebecca lifted up her eyes, and when she saw Isaac, she lighted off the camel, unquote. Here we see the expectant bride en route to her betrothed. She is eager and vigilant, looking forward and up with her eyes toward her destination. Surely this reminds we who are the bride, his church, of several verses, including Luke chapter 21, verse 28, which says, quote, And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh, quote. Also, John chapter 4, verse 35, quote, Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh harvest? Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are all, White already to harvest. Second Titus chapter four, verse eight. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Rebecca, upon seeing Isaac, is said to light off her camel. More literally, the original language suggests that Rebecca, the bride, falls quickly off the camel and prostrates herself before her Lord. This is also the privilege and the proper response of every believer according to Romans chapter 14, verse 11, which says, quote, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God, unquote. Also, Philippians chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, which says, quote, Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, unquote. Verse sixty five says, quote, For she had said unto the servant, What man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant had said, It is my master. Therefore she took a veil and covered herself. Unquote. Verse sixty five gives explanation to verse sixty four. In fact, verse 65 is a conversation between Rebekah and Eliezer, which took place just after Rebekah looked up and saw Isaac, but before she fell off her camel and prostrated herself before him. In this case, Eliezer positively identifies Isaac as his master and as her groom. It was a customary practice for Jewish women to cover themselves with a veil to present herself before the man whom she was to marry. In a broader, more substantive sense, those who have the honor and privilege to at last enter into the presence and joy of our Lord do so as a result of his covering grace, mercy, and righteousness imparted as a free gift via a relationship with him through faith in his completed work. This episode concludes in verse 67, Quote, And Isaac brought her into his mother Sarah's tent, and took Rebekah, and she became his wife, and he loved her. And Isaac was comforted after his mother's death." Unquote. Here we see the final chapter and culmination of God's redemptive plan. The proposed marriage is consummated when Isaac, i.e. Jesus, takes Rebekah, i.e. the church as his bride, and loves her. Isaac takes Rebekah into his mother's tent. If we take time to study the Hebrew name Sarah, we learn the name means, quote, Princess, Noble woman or noble lady in studying the Hebrew word tent, which is ohel, we learn the word is used many times in Exodus for the sacred tent of Jehovah, i.e., the tabernacle. The inescapable and glorious imagery of verses sixty two through sixty seven reminds all believers of the promise found in first Thessalonians chapter four. Verse 17, which says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Psalm chapter 27, verse 4, adds more, saying, One thing have I desired of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. "...to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple." In reviewing the episode of this type against the substance, we see the events transpiring after Isaac's rescue from the sacrificial altar when the ram, the type of Jesus, is caught by his own horns, which represent his power. The ram, i.e. Jesus, is sacrificed in Isaac's place, while Isaac is reunited with Abraham, the type of the father. Isaac, the type of Jesus, remains conspicuously absent from the story until his meeting with the bride-to-be, Rebecca, just as Jesus is absent from the world from the point of his ascension to the father until he calls for his bride, the church. We see Eleazar, the type of the Holy Spirit, who is sent out from the Father after the incident of the sacrifice, which represents the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection. Eleazar is commissioned by the Father to go out and find a bride, the church, for his son, Isaac, who is Jesus. Eleazar, the Holy Spirit, finds the bride who is seeking to fill her thirst, just as there are those who seek to fill the emptiness in their lives absent a relationship with Jesus. Eleazar draws Rebecca to his service, just as the Holy Spirit draws us to his. Upon being tested, Rebecca passes and is given gifts representative of the gifts from God necessary to make her journey successful to her groom, Isaac, Jesus. Once the time of completion arrives, Rebecca leaves her home and her family, representative of the world, to join her groom, Isaac, Jesus. The two meet together in the field, i.e. the world, when Jesus returns from the well, from which Isaac, i.e. Jesus, will fill her with the living water and will receive her for the consummation of their marriage in heaven. The two meet together in the field, i.e. the world, when Jesus returns from the well from which Isaac, i.e. Jesus, will fill her with the living water and will receive her for the consummation of their marriage in heaven. Father, we give thanks that, like Rebecca of old, you have sought us out to find us, to redeem us, and to fill us with the living water of your Spirit, we thank you that it is your desire to prepare us and provide us with every provision of your storehouse so that we might be conformed to and be united with our Lord and our Savior, Jesus, who is blessed now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, Amen. Now, if you have any questions about God, the Bible, or the Christian faith, I encourage you to drop me an email at pastor underscore Yeshua at yahoo.com. That's p-a-s-t-o-r underscore y-e-s-h-u-a at yahoo.com. Thank you for listening. The world It's my foundation I will trust in Him I will trust in Him I will trust in Him